to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. And good to see each of you. So grateful that you're here. Thankful that you're here. Grateful for all those joining us online. I want to say welcome to you. Thank you so much for being here. We have a beautiful online church that joins us faithfully every week. Uh, they, inter, in, they even interact with us online. That is beautiful as well. Uh, I want to first say thank you to the worship team. Um, we had a marriage retreat this weekend in Gloriette, New Mexico. Uh, we have about 38 of our couples still out there. Uh, Paxton, our worship leader, he's out there. Tommy stayed out there. Brandon, our pastor over AVL, he stayed out there as well. Cade and I and Melissa and Jenna drove back last night to be in the house because, let's just face it, you don't care that we have marriage retreat in Glorietta. You want to have church here, amen? So we came back to have church. And so uh, grateful that we get to do that. Grateful that you're here this morning and uh, just love the fall weather. I'm a I'm a big fall guy, so this kind of stuff is beautiful. So thank you for being here. Welcome to the house this morning. As you can see, uh, hopefully you can tell, we're taking communion. If you drove here and can't tell that, give us your keys, and we'll get you home safely after this uh, is over. But uh, we are taking communion today, so thank you for being here. But before I jump into it, as I, if you've been here for a little bit of time and, and you know we're in, a, we're in a series, a fall series, and... I love to do my series, and, and I'm kind of one of those crazy pastors that does not pre-write his series, meaning I don't have it all laid out. I, I kind of build the bones, and then I, and I jump in each week, and each week determines the next week, because I want the Holy Spirit to drive the series, not just a piece of paper. And so without the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter. And so the Holy Spirit's the most important thing that speaks and so as we built the series this fall and we jumped into it and we looked at Old Testament people, the, the title of the, the series is called History, His Story. And what we've looked at is the Old Testament and individuals in the Old Testament and how the same God in the Old Testament is the same God here today, that God does not change. He is the same God. And the God that spoke to them and led them is the same God that speaks to us and leads us. And so we've jumped in and looked at, look at these individuals, and we looked at Moses last week in the burning bush. And today I want you to see something. As we take communion, um, I want you to see in Exodus chapter 12 with Moses, where Moses receives the instructions from God about the Passover meal and how beautiful that transitions from the Old Testament into the New Testament when Jesus in the Passover meal with his disciples right before the cross, they take communion. So I want to show you this, and I want you to see it, because I think sometimes we forget how cool God is. Have you ever said those words together? God's just cool, man. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's cool. God's cool. 
We call a lot of things in life cool. God's cool. I want you to see his word. I want you to see God in the Old Testament. And I want you to see the foreshadowing that the Old Testament and New Testament, because the Old Testament just foreshadows what's coming in the New Testament. It's not just some accidental part of the Bible that's just thrown in and to make it a little bit thicker so they can charge more money. This is God's inerrant word of God. It's God breathed. And everything in the Old Testament is God. And everything in the New Testament is God. You see this. And so I want you to see the Passover meal. I want you to see the lamb. I want you to see the instructions that God gave to the Israelites, his people. And I want you to see the detail of that. Because if you don't know this yet, but our God is a very detailed God. Detailed. Nothing that God does is not without detail. He knit us together in our mother's wombs. Knit us together purposely made for a purpose by the creator himself. And he calls us fearfully and wonderfully made. Every little detail of you is unique to no one else. There is nobody like you, nobody. And there's nobody like our God. I want you to see the Passover meal, the instructions given to Moses. I'm in Exodus chapter 12. He is setting this up. He's giving these instructions uh, about the lamb And I want to begin, because I don't have time to cover a lot of this, because we obviously got to take communion. So I want you to begin in verse 4, verse 4, Exodus chapter 12. If you have your word, please follow it. Verse 4, if any household is too small for the whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance to to what each person will eat. The animal you choose must be one-year-old male without defect, and it must be taken from the sheep and the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the people in the community of Israel uh, must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of their houses where they are to eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Verse nine, do not eat the meat raw or cook it or cooked in water, but roast it over a fire, heads, legs, and inner parts. I know, gross, okay? I'm messing up your lunch, but this is the, I'm telling you, detailed, detailed, okay? Do not leave any until morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover meal. Beautiful instructions. Look at verse 21. These are the instructions early that God gives Moses. Now Moses goes back. Then Moses, verse 21, same chapter, summons all the elders of Israel and said to them, go at once and select the animal for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin and put, it on, put the blood on the top and on the sides of the door frames. Not one of you shall go out the door of his house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land and strikes down the Egyptians, he will see the blood 
on the top and sides of the door frames and pass over the doorways and do not permit the destroyer to enter the house and strike it down. Look at verse 24. Obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land, the Lord has given you on promise, observe this ceremony. Verse 26, and when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean? You do tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshiped and the Israelites did just what the Lord commanded. I'm gonna say something to you. It is really, really wise for us to do what the Lord commanded. Do you understand? When God asked the people to do this, they did exactly what he commanded them to do. The physical blood of the lamb did not save them, but the will of God saved them. The lamb's blood was a prophetic act that God gave to the people. Basically, when he gave it to him, he said, do this, do it exactly like I said. This is a prophetic act that basically declared, I belong to them, I belong to him. When that death angel went through those streets at midnight, if you finish this chapter, it says that there was moaning and crying and wailing at midnight when the firstborns of everything created died. The king at that time was Pharaoh, his firstborn dead. All firstborns died that did not have the blood over the door. Even the firstborns of the animals died. Can I say something to you? You fast forward what you see right here, the Passover meal, the blood symbolizing the covering by the blood that's over the door frame. The blood today at salvation covers our heart that says, he, she now belongs to me. Death, where is your sting? You can't have them. When I take my first, my last breath here on earth, I take my first breath in heaven. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, the blood of Jesus is over your life. He has covered you just like he did then. You fast forward to the upper room. He and his disciples, Jesus and his disciples were taking the, 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 the Passover meal. Jesus was about to become that lamb. They're eating lamb and he's about to become the lamb. And at the conclusion of the Passover meal, they take communion. It is beautiful act. Basically, this communion meal was him creating this model, this prophetic model that we're going to do in just a little bit, that when we take the bread and when we take the juice, we say with that act, I belong to him. I belong to him. When was the last time that you took communion in your home? Can I tell you what a beautiful, beautiful picture communion is in your home? You as a family, a husband and wife, take communion in your home and you are symbolically saying, we, we as a married couple, we as a family belong to Jesus. We take the bread and the juice. We are declaring that we belong to him. We take, as we take communion, we take heaven and bring it to earth. And listen to me. There's a beautiful picture when the church, when the church takes the blood symbolically and says, this house is covered. Put it on your door frames. 
cover your doors and say, this house belongs to the Lord. Not here, Satan, not in my house. You're not claiming turf here. You're not tearing up my family. You're not tearing up my kids. You're not destroying my marriage. This marriage, this home, this family, it's covered by the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. Jesus modeled this. I'm gonna tell you that Satan declares what he's up to. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But the blood of Jesus speaks a better name. He says that my children have come to have life and have it more abundantly. My friends, if you've never taken communion in your home and, that, and, and symbolically just taken the bread and the juice that represents the body and blood of Jesus and in your home just declared that over your doorpost of your home is the blood of Jesus because what lies behind these doors is a sacred family that's called, that is called by the name of Jesus. I am his, I am his. He goes on to say in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life, the bread of life. That's what Jesus says to him. I'm the bread of life. Do you realize how sacred and special bread was? Bread's what they ate. Bread was everything they had. He says, I'm better than bread. In Texas, he would say, He's, Jesus better than a ribeye, baby. He's better than a ribeye. I've had some good ribeyes, but the best ribeye I ever had pales in comparison to my Jesus. Jesus is better than that. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. I want to show this to you. This right here is matzah bread. Anybody familiar with matzah bread? Matzah bread is what's used a lot to take communion. When Melissa and I and our family take communion in our home, we always take communion bread. A little commercial for natural grocers. If you go to natural grocers, you can get you some matzah bread, all right? I think they're building a new location pretty soon on Hillside, another commercial. Thank you, all right? But you can get you some matzah bread, all right? Why is matzah bread special? Especially for a lot of reasons. But one of the things is, you notice this? Stripes. Stripes. Do you know that's biblical? Isaiah 53, 5 says that by his stripes, we are healed. Come on, church. If I don't fire you up, your wood's wet from all the rain yesterday, right? I'm gonna say something to you. Jesus, mm, the perfect lamb of God, given on our behalf. We couldn't do Calvary. We couldn't do Calvary. He did Calvary. To do what? To give us eternal life, yes. To give us salvation, yes. To set us free, to redeem us, to give us a new name, all right? I'm the same Jeff, but I was born again. I, I still go by Jeff, but I'm called a different name, called redeemed, born again, child of God. If there's been a time in your life, whether you join us online or in the house, that you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, his stripes and wounds healed you. He made you whole. He made you whole, all right? You're made whole, a new person, a new creation. You're not the old self anymore. You're the new self now. And so what's beautiful about matzah bread is as you take the communion with matzah bread, you have to stare every time as you hold that bread that represents his body, you're reminded by his stripes, I am healed. By the cross, I've been given life and set free. I've been redeemed and made new. Listen to me. I'm talking about Jesus making you new, making you whole. If you are struggling emotionally, Jesus says that by my stripes, you are healed. 
healed emotionally, healed mentally, healed physically, healed financially. You speak the name of Jesus over that, and I promise you, you're going to see healing come to you because he says in his word that by his stripes, we are healed. And so let the matzah bread, if you take communion matzah bread, let the stripes of the matzah bread remind you that he came to make me whole, that by his stripes, he, by his stripes, he made me new. See, you and I could not go to the cross. He took our place and did what we could not do, could not do. There's nothing that you could do to earn heaven. If you could earn it by something that man could do, then Jesus never had to take the brutality of the cross. But because Jesus took the beating and was nailed to a cross called Calvary, now I get free access to heaven and I'm, I can enter a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what he's been after since the beginning, that he and I could be friends. I could be a friend of God's. You couldn't earn that. You couldn't do enough. You couldn't be enough. That's why the, the, the Passover meal, the act of the Passover meal did not save them. It was a prophetic, a prophetic word that symbolizes what's about to happen at Calvary when Jesus, the unblemished, spotless lamb of God, sacrificed on that cross on our behalf so that we could have redemption and be saved. The word tells us that, that by, by no man can boast about salvation because it is not by works that man is saved. It is a free gift of God. You can't do enough. You can't be enough. You can't, you, can't, you can't earn your way to heaven. Heaven is given as a gift. It says, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, anyone. Power of the blood. The bread represents the body. The juice represents the blood. Can I tell you, it's all about the blood. It's all about the blood. It says in Luke 2, 22, 20, that the, that the cup is a new covenant. It's a new covenant because it speaks a better name. He came to do it differently. He came to do it by the blood. The blood of Calvary is what made us new. Watch this white as snow. And can I say something to you? The blood of Calvary is still wet today. Still setting people free, breaking chains, redeeming people, still washing them white as snow. Let me tell you something. We all mess up and stumble and fall short, but Jesus says in his word, if you confess your sins, he's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all iniquities. Let me say something to you. If you've been forgiven at Calvary and made new, then you have a right and an obedience to God to forgive others. That which has been forgiven needs to understand they need to forgive. If you've been forgiven much, then forgive much. It bothers me when Christians say, I can't forgive them. I'm glad Jesus didn't say that about you. Listen to me, forgiveness is a big deal and Jesus made it happen and he did it by the blood. And the blood of Calvary is not dry today, it's still wet today and it still washes today. First Corinthians eleven twenty four. It reminds us that we need to do this in remembrance of him. When we do this, take communion, we do this in remembrance of him. We don't do it remembering only that we got salvation, but we got more than salvation, my friend. We got more than salvation. Yeah, we were made new and redeemed, but man, I'm telling you right now, if you've been saved for 40 years, your salvation, you better not get over it. You, you, you better not just start coasting. You better, you better make sure that you never get over being born again as a child of the king. Calvary should not get old. When someone gets saved, you ought to jump out of your seat, man. I'm telling you, that's the greatest day in the world. When we stir those baptism water, that's a beautiful thing, man. It says that all of heaven rejoices. Sometimes the church doesn't even rejoice. Heaven's rejoicing. I'm sure heaven's going, what the heck is wrong with the church, right? Understand what you are, right? You're redeemed. 
all right? Do this in remembrance of me. Remember that he did it for you. And that today, Calvary says, I love you. If there's never been a time in your life that you've accepted Jesus as your savior, I'm gonna tell you there's no better time than today. Salvation is for everyone. Jesus said that my will is that no one would perish, right? He says he loved you so much that he gave his life, right? His life for you. Understand that do this in remembrance of me. Remember, as you hold that bread and hold that juice, remember what he did for you, my friend. Remember that. If you're here today and you say, this is not my church home, pastor, so what do I do doing communion? <laughs> That's a good question, all right? You're not gonna be escorted out of here, all right? Why? Because this table doesn't belong to this church, and it sure doesn't belong to me as a pastor. It belongs to the Lord. And so if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, welcome to the table of the Lord. Church membership didn't get you there. Some of you are thinking, well, I filled out that card, preacher, and joined the church. You mean it didn't mean anything? Yeah, it means something. I'm just saying it doesn't mean anything to God. This is for us, all right? Membership doesn't, membership in a church doesn't get you to the table. Membership in church doesn't get you to heaven, amen? Jesus gets you there, all right? So if you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, welcome to communion. You're one of us. Welcome to the family of God. You can take communion with us just like you were a church member here. You don't have to be a church member to take communion. You have to be born again, child of the King. That's what gets you to the table. So I wanna welcome you, those that are here for baptism, those that are joining us for the first time, those who join us online, all right? You can take communion with us, all right? So I wanna invite you to prepare your hearts as we take communion. Deacons, if you'll join me at the table. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.